0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference Call. We read from the text of a Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link atop for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to your email from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 22, Salvation and the Holy Relationship. And we'll be reading Section 4, Reason and the holy relationship we're also mindful of our lesson today lesson 249 forgiveness ends all suffering and loss and by way of opening this morning um i found this poem from helen shuckman in her book the gifts of god that seemed just perfect for the world that forgiveness paints <laughs> The poem is called Transformation. And it goes like this.
1: It happens suddenly.
0: There is a voice that speaks one word, and everything is changed. You understand an ancient parable that seemed to be obscure, obscure, and yet it meant exactly what it said. The trivial enlarge in magnitude while what seemed large resumes the littleness. That is its due. The dim grow bright, and what was bright before flickers and fades and finally is gone. All things assume the role that was assigned before time was,
1: in ancient
0: harmony that sings of he- heaven, in compelling tones which wipe away the doubting and the care all other roles convey. For certainty must be of God. It happens suddenly and all things change. The rhythm of the world shifts into concert. What was harsh before and seemed to speak of death now sings of life and joins the chorus to eternity. Eyes that were blind begin to see and ears long deaf to melody begin to hear. Into the sudden stillness is reborn the ancient singing of creation's song, long silenced but remembered. By the tomb the angel stands in shining hopefulness to give salvation's message. Be you free and stay not here. Go on to Galilee. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. Amen. Oh, thank you, Laurie.
2: That was great, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I love that poem, Transformation. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Jessica, Karen, Robin Marie, and Micah. And we're joined in listening this morning Diana by Diana. I wonder if anyone else has joined us uh, that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list. okay so we pick up where we left off then in chapter 22 salvation and the holy relationship with paragraph 29 the introduction of reason into the ego's thought system is the beginning of its undoing for reason and the ego are contradictory nor is it possible for them to coexist in your awareness And reason's goal is to make plain and therefore obvious. You can see reason. This is not a play on words, for here is the beginning of a vision that has meaning. Vision is sense, quite literally. If it is not the body's sight, it must be understood, for it is plain. And what is obvious is not ambiguous. It can be understood. And here do reason and the ego separate and go their different ways. Uh, Lemoyne.
3: Okay. Um, chapter 22, Reason, uh, sorry, Salvation and the Holy Relationship, Section 4, Reason and the Holy Relationship. The introduction of reason into the ego's thought system is the beginning of its undoing. For reason and the ego are contradictory. Nor is it possible for them to coexist in your awareness. And reason's goal is to make plain and therefore obvious. You can see reason. This is not a play on words, for here is the beginning of a vision that has meaning. Vision is sense, quite literally. If it is not the body's sight, it must be understood. For it is plain, and what is obvious is not ambiguous. It can be understood, and here do reason and the ego separate to go their different ways. The ego's whole continuance depends on its belief that you cannot learn this course. Share this belief and reason will be unable to see your errors and make way for their correction. For reason sees through errors, telling you what you thought was real is not. Reason can see the difference between sin and mistakes because it wants correction. Therefore, it tells you what you thought was uncorrectable, can be corrected, and thus must have been an error. The ego's opposition to correction leads to its fixed belief in sin and disregard of errors. It looks on nothing that can be corrected. Thus does the ego damn and reason save.
0: Thank you, LeBoyne and Fran. Paragraph 30. The ego's whole continuance depends on its belief you cannot learn this course. Share this belief, and reason will be unable to see your errors and make way for their correction. For reason sees through errors. Telling you what you thought was real is not. Reason can see the difference between sin and mistakes because it wants correction. Therefore, it tells you what you thought was uncorrectable can be corrected, unless it must have been an error. The ego's opposition to correction leads to its fixed belief in sin and disregard of errors. It looks on nothing that can be corrected, Thus does the ego damn and reason save. 31. Reason is not salvation in itself. But it makes way for peace and brings you to a state of mind in which salvation can be given you sin is a block set like a heavy gate locked and without a key across the road to peace no one who looks on it without the help of reason would try to pass it the body's eyes behold it as solid granite so thick it would be madness to attempt to pass it yet reason sees through it easily because it is an error, the form it takes cannot conceal its emptiness from reason's eyes. Thank you, Fran, and Jessica. Thank you, Laurie.
4: <clears throat> okay. Whoops. No. No, I don't. No, I lost. Thirty-one. Uh, Reason is not salvation in itself, but it makes way for peace and brings you to a state of mind in which salvation can be given you. Sin is a block that, like a heavy gate, locked and without a key, across the road to peace. No one who looks on it without the help of reason would try to pass it. The body's eyes behold it as solid granite, so thick it would be madness to attempt to pass it. Yet reason sees through it easily because it is an error. The form it takes cannot conceal its emptiness from reason's eyes. 32. Only the form of error attracts the ego meaning it does not recognize and does not know if it is there or not. Everything which the body's eyes can see is a mistake, an error in perception, a distorted fragment of the whole without the meaning that the whole would give. And yet mistakes, regardless of their form, can be corrected. Sin is but error in a special form the ego venerates. It would preserve all errors and make them sins. For here is its own stability. Its heavy anchor in the shifting world it made, the rock on which its church is built and where its worshipers are bound to bodies and believe the body's freedom is their own.
0: Thank you, Jessica. And Karen.
1: 32, only the form of error meaning it does not recognize and does not know, meaning it does not recognize and does not know if it is there or not. Everything which the body's eyes can see is a mistake, an error in perception, a distorted fragment of the whole without the meaning that the whole would give. And yet mistakes, regardless of their form, can be corrected. Sin is but error in a special form the ego venerates. It would preserve all errors and make them sins. For here is its own stability, its heavy anchor in the shifting world it made, the rock on which its church is built, and where its worshipers are bound to bodies and believe the body's freedom is their own. 33. Reason will tell you that the form of error is not what makes it a mistake. If what the form conceals is a mistake, the form cannot prevent correction. The body's eyes see only form. They cannot see beyond what they were made to see, and they were made to look on error and not see past it. Theirs is indeed a strange perception, for they can see only illusions unable to look beyond the granite block of sin, and stopping at the outside form of nothing. Through this distorted form of vision, the outside of everything, the wall that stands between you and the truth, is wholly true. Yet how can sight which stops at nothingness, as if it were a solid wall, be truly? It is held back by form, having been made to guarantee that nothing else but form will be perceived. Thank
0: you, Karen. And Robin Marie. 33
4: reason will tell you that the form of error is not what makes it a mistake. If what the form conceals is a mistake, the form cannot prevent correction. The body's eyes see only form. They cannot see beyond what they were made to see, and they were made to look on error and not see past it. Theirs is indeed a strange perception For they can see only illusions, unable to look beyond the granite block of sin, and stopping at the outside form of nothing. To this distorted form of vision, the outside of everything, the wall that stands between you and the truth, is wholly true. Yet how can sight which stops at nothingness, as if it were a solid wall, see truly? It is held back by form having been made to guarantee that nothing else but form will be perceived. 34. These eyes, made not to see, will never see, for the idea they represent left not its maker, and it is their maker that sees through them. What was its maker's goal, but not to see? For this the body's eyes are perfect means, but not for seeing. See how the body's eyes rest on externals and cannot go beyond. Watch how they stop at nothingness, unable to go beyond the form to meaning. Nothing's so blinding as perception of form. For sight of form means
0: understanding has been
4: obscured.
0: Thank you, Robert Marie Uh, and Micah.
2: Okay. Uh, thirty four. These eyes made not to see will never see, for the idea they represent left not its maker, and it is their maker that sees through them. What was its maker's goal but not to see? For this the body's eyes are perfect means, but not for seeing. See how the body's eyes rest on externals and cannot go beyond. Watch how they stop at nothingness, unable to go beyond the form to meaning. Nothing so blinding as perception of form. For sight of form means understanding has been obscured. 35. Only mistakes... Have different forms and so they can deceive you can change form because it is not true it could not be reality because it can be changed reason will tell you that if form is not reality it must be an illusion and is not there to see and if you see it you must be mistaken For you are seeing what cannot be real as if it were. What cannot see beyond what is not there must be distorted perception and must perceive illusions as the truth. Could it then recognize the truth?
0: Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 35 and
5: 36? Hi, Lori. I'll try. I'll give it a try.
0: Thirty-five. Thanks, Brianna.
5: Only... I'm to the light here. Okay. Only mistakes may have different forms, and so they can deceive. You can change the form because it is not true. It cannot be reality because it can be changed reason will tell you that if form is not reality, it must be an illusion and is not there to see. And if you see it, you must be mistaken, for you are seeing what cannot be real as if it were. What cannot be beyond what is not there must be distorted perception and must perceive illusions as truth. Could it then recognize the truth? thirty six. Let not the form of his mistakes keep you from him whose holiness is yours. Let not the vision of his holiness the sight of what which would show you your forgiveness. Be kept from you by what the body's eyes can see. Let your awareness of your brother not be blocked by your perception of his sins and of his body. What is there in form? Uh, what is there in him that you would attack except what you associate with his body, which you believe can sin. Beyond his heirs is his holiness and your salvation. You gave him not his holiness, but tried to see your sins in him to save yourself. And yet his holiness is your forgiveness. Can you be saved by making sinful? The one whose holiness is your salvation.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And is there another new reader for thirty six and thirty seven?
6: Morning Lori. Juce joined you. Thanks,
0: Judy. Thanks.
6: Thirty six. But not the form his mistakes keep you from him whose holiness is yours but not the vision of his holiness the sight of which would show you your forgiveness the sight of which would show you your forgiveness be kept from you by what the body's eyes can see let your awareness of your brother, not be blocked by your perception of his sins and of his body, what is there in him that you would attack except what you associate with his body, which you believe can sin? Beyond his errors is his holiness and your salvation. You gave him not his holiness, but tried to see your sins in him to save yourself. And yet his holiness is your forgiveness. Can you be saved by making sinful the one whose holiness is your salvation? A holy relationship, however newly born, must value holiness above all else. Unholy values will produce confusion and in awareness. In an unholy relationship, each one is valued because he seems to justify the other's sins. He sees within the other what impels him to sin against his will. And thus he lays his sins upon the other and is attracted to him to perpetuate his sins. And so it must become impossible for each to see himself as causing sin by his desire to have sin real yet reason sees a holy relationship as what it is a common state of mind where both give heirs gladly to correction that both may happily be healed as one thank you Lori
0: thank you Jude and is there a new reader then to complete today with 37 New reader for thirty-seven. Okay, Lemoyne, back to you.
3: A holy relationship, however newly born, must value holiness above all else. Unholy value, unholy value, will produce confusion and in awareness. In an unholy relationship, each one is valued because he seems to justify the other's sins. He sees within the other what impels him to sin against his will, and thus he lays his sins upon the other and is attracted to him to perpetuate his sin. And so it must be come And so it must become impossible for each to see himself as causing sin by his desire to have sin real. Yet reason sees a holy relationship as what it is, a common state of mind where both give errors gladly to correction that both may be happily healed as one.
0: Thank you, LeMoyne, and thank you everyone who read this morning. Um, to summarize, then, Section 4, Reason and the Holy Relationship, uh, like this section from that first paragraph. The introduction of reason into the ego's thought system is the beginning of its undoing. For reason and the ego are contradictory, nor is it possible for them to coexist in your awareness you can see reason and this is not a play on words for here is the beginning of a vision that has meaning vision is sense quite literally and from paragraph 30 for reason sees through errors telling you what you thought was real is not reason can see the difference between sin and mistakes because it wants correction In 31 reason is not salvation in itself but it makes way for peace and brings you to a state of mind in which salvation can be given you in 32 everything which the body's eyes can see is a mistake an error in perception a distorted fragment of the whole without the meaning that the whole would give 33 The body's eyes see only form, and 34, these eyes made not to see will never see, for the idea they represent left not its maker, and it is their maker that sees through them. What was its maker's goal, but not to see? For this the body's eyes are perfect means, but not for seeing. See how the body's eyes rest on externals and cannot go beyond. Unable to go beyond form to meaning. Nothing's so blinding as perception of form. For sight of form means understanding has been obscured. In 35, only the mistakes have different forms and so they can deceive. It could not be reality because it can be changed. Reason will tell you that. If form is not reality, it must be illusion and not there to see. In 36, let not the form of his mistakes keep you from him whose holiness is yours. Let not the vision of his holiness, the sight of which would show you your forgiveness, be kept from you by what the body's eyes can see. Let your awareness of your brother not be blocked by your perception of his sins and of his body beyond his errors is his holiness and your salvation and his holiness is your forgiveness 37 a holy relationship however newly born must value holiness above all else reason sees a holy relationship as what it is a common state of mind where both give errors gladly to correction that both may be happily that both may happily be healed as one amen floors open
5: thank you Lori
0: yeah, thank you Lori
5: Thank you,
0: Lord. Thank you, Laura. Well, me again. (laughs) I was um I was struck this morning when I read this this oh, section at the um at the nature of the keyword meaning. And I recalled that um that very first lesson in the workbook, you remember that? Um, I'm gonna probably botch it, but in my memory it's something like nothing and I see it means anything. And all the lessons that follow that, lessons one through Um, probably all the way up to 25 focus on I could see I could see something different than what I see I see only the past what I see is a form of vengeance um, etc this section is is um, just a stellar review of those first uh, 30 review lessons I think it starts with lesson 51 all the way through 60 just just for the fun of it I want to illustrate exactly what I'm trying to say like review lesson 54 starts with I have no neutral thoughts neutral thoughts are impossible because all thoughts have power they will either make a false word world or to lead me to the real one. But thoughts cannot be without effects. as the world I see arises from my thinking errors, so will the real world rise before my eyes as I let my errors be corrected. Um, isn't that exactly um, what he said in paragraph thirty? Reason can see the difference between sin and mistakes because it wants correction? um so anyway I had had just a really good time this morning reading those paragraphs in lessons 51 through especially 55 they culminate in God is in everything I see because God is in my mind you know that one that review lesson says God has not left his thoughts I am one with them and with him um, in light of that how could I not see the holiness of my brother why would I ask my sight to stop at form and not realize that the holiness the innocence uh, in which I am created is the same holiness and in innocence in which God created everything um, Anyway, I, I'm I'm complete with that. Um, it, it was just really um wonderful to do that this morning. Thanks. Well thank you for that. That was good, thank, thank you. you. Thank
4: you, Laurie. Really great. Yeah yeah.
2: Awesome. Mhm. Uh, this is Micah. I, uh, uh, Lori, when you highlight the uh, the text, uh, when you read 34, these eyes made not to see will never see. It it, re- it, it brought kind of the question: Well, what I- what is vision? And I thought of the uh, like that early expedition in the Amazon, where these uh, first explorers were. Going through this unknown land, but they had on part of their crew. But they had, you know, the the native people. Some of the native people, and one of them was a shaman. And he, and when they were feeling uncertain, uh, he left. You know where they were, what was going on. The, the shaman uh, lifted out his his vision, lifted out of in his awareness, out of his body, and went. You know, up up into high up into the air, and um, what was neat? All this was documented by the the people scribing the expedition. So when he comes back, he describes what he saw and and the terrain that li- lied ahead, and everything that he said turned out to be true. And I thought that was such a wonderful uh, example to the logical part of our you know, culture that you know there is another kind of vision that that seems to to be in the body at times, but it can easily uh, leave it. And a lot of times, it's a blending of what, you know, it's a uh, it's literally seeing through spiritual sight if we're more awake. And that's what he's talking about. I feel here in the beginning. Um, uh, uh, The 29th, where he says, um, you know, reason's goal is to make plain and therefore obvious. You can see reason. This is not a play on words. For here is the beginning of a vision that has meaning. Vision is sense, quite literally. If it is not the body's sight, it must be understood. Well, it is plain, and um, it, it, two examples came to my mind when that was being read. One was uh, yesterday at uh, at uh, Starbucks. The there was um, a shift into the awareness of mind that was the mind matrix that was permeating the, the whole place and and every. All these other forms, everybody's communication mediums in Starbucks was intimately connected to that mind matrix. And yet all of it could be uh, seen through that vision. And it it kind of appeared like it was my body's eyes that were, you know, because I was a, a point of awareness in that time, dream of time, space, And it appeared like I was seeing something, but at that spiritual sight, uh, it was actually um, not dependent on being anchored in a body at all. You know, it was more like a space conscious of some kind. And uh, let's see what else there. Um, You know, it's just so... uh, it's so delicate this perception and, and you know he's sitting pretty hard on you know there's nothing so blinding as the perception of form and but he again he he also says that our sight can get so holy you know that you know um, it's it, you know Christ's vision sees a world that is so perfect you know and we're looking at form then but it's it's kind of a combination, an overlay of two different worlds coming together, and being one being permeated by the Christ and by love and by will. You know. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it, it's it, you know people could misinterpret it you know in a harsh kind of way, and yet it, it, it's necessary too to see that. In our ego, the way the ego sees, what he's saying, Jesus is saying is literally true, that we, we stop, right, at, you know, at nothingness. And, and yet, with Christ's vision, those forms become, how holy is the smallest grain of sand when seen as the completed picture of God's Son? You know, it's, <laughs> anyhow, I guess I'm done, thanks.
0: Thank you, Mike. I enjoyed every bit of thank that. Thank you, Micah. Thanks, yes, Micah.
7: Yeah, thank you. I have a little story that involves a shaman also. You may have heard me say this before, but the story goes that when um, Columbus was coming to the shores of what originally became the U.S.A., um, the, uh, the Native Americans that, that were right there uh, at the shores, couldn't see his ships and they couldn't see his ships even with their physical eyes because um they never seen things like that before and so they didn't have a perception perceptual memory in in order to enable them to recognize the ships but then the shaman in this tribe did like you know like Micah said the other shaman did lifted his his perception out of his body and could see the ships and describe what they were and what they were doing and what, what they were for to the rest of the people in the tribe. And then the tribe could suddenly see the ships and, and understand what they were for because the shaman described it to them. Uh, I thought that was a good thing of how a good, uh, example of how, um, we see also can see in community um of how we're going to see and our seeing whether we really see or not you know affects the rest of the people because all minds are joined, okay, thank you. I'm complete.
0: Thank you, Ida. Thank you Ida. Thank you.
5: I really love examples when people share a connection to what is being read, and um, for me, what came up was um, seeing everybody, everybody as a different facet of myself. Oh, there I am. That's me. Different sides of myself showing up, and in my day, you know. um, What blessing is needed in this if I'm having a trigger, if I'm having a thought that isn't in right mind with God? um, What perception needs a correction right now? Because I'm looking at myself. What is it? You know, if it's not love, it's a call for love. So what is it about anything that shows up as me that needs a healing? In my mind, toward that person, because ultimately, uh, the blessings and and my thinking about everybody is myself. And what do I want for myself? It certainly isn't suffering at this point. So, um, depending on Holy Spirit to see it differently, the moment I have a thought, I can change that thought and. It, to a healing thought because it's healing me and it's healing them. I'm complete. That was Thank great. You, Thank you, Diana. Thank you. Thank you,
7: Diana.
0: Just myself. <laughs> Thanks, Diana. And that's just a great segue to our top-of-the-hour lesson reflection, which Fran has agreed again to lead for us. So I'll turn it over to you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is What is the World? Today's lesson is Lesson 249, Forgiveness, and all suffering and loss so I shall read some from what is the world the world is false perception it is born of error and has not left its source it will remain no longer than the thought which gave it birth is cherished when the thought of separation has been changed to one of true forgiveness will the world be seen in quite another light and one which leads to truth The world was made as an attack on God. It symbolizes fear. And what is fear except love's absence? Thus the world was meant to be a place where God could enter not and where His Son could be apart from Him. Here was perception born, for knowledge could not cause such insane thoughts. But eyes deceive and ears hear falsely. Now mistakes become quite possible for certainty has gone as sight was made to lead away from truth it can be redirected sounds become the call of God and all perception can be given a new purpose for the one whom God appointed Savior to the world follow his light and see the world as he beholds it hear his voice alone in all that speaks to you and let him give you peace and certainty which you have thrown away, but heaven has preserved for you and him. Let us not rest until the world has joined our change perception, let us not be satisfied until forgiveness has been made complete, and let us not attempt to change our function. We must save the world, for we who made it must behold it through the eyes of Christ, that what was made to die be restored to everlasting life. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 249. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. Forgiveness paints a picture of a world where suffering is over. Loss becomes impossible and anger makes no sense. Attack is gone and madness has an end. What suffering is now conceivable. What loss can be sustained? The world becomes a place of joy, abundance, charity, and endless giving. It is now so like the heaven that it quickly is transformed into the light that it reflects. And so the journey which the Son of God began has ended in the light from which He came. Father, we would return our minds to you. We have betrayed them and held them in a vise of bitterness and frightened them with thoughts of violence and death. Now would we rest again in you as you created us. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 249. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. Father, we would return our minds to you. Now would we rest again in you as you created us. Lesson 249. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. Amen. Oh, Amen. That was just beautifully done, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
7: Thank you, Fran. That was great.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, thanks friend. Yeah, thanks, Fran.
2: Uh, this is Micah real quick, because I have to go. But um, the I, I see a real... Con- it's an interesting connection in the, what is the world in that part that... Uh, Man, you highlighted and all perception can be given a new purpose by the one whom God appointed savior to the world follow his light and see the world as he beholds it and it reminded me of the other day uh, which I shared with being on the off the the, off the harbor there and uh, uh and seeing i came across this passage where it's you know the saying holy spirit sees one purpose in the world and we see many purposes and that's why our our vision is fluctuating so much all the time depending on our moods and our projections and and uh interpretations and the um the Holy Spirit sees one purpose, and that—that that is the returning into wholeness and the return to God. And I started to just, something kind of softened inside of me, and this different kind of perception on the whole scene of all the people and the seagulls and boats going by. And, you know, everything just started to move into this very, it felt very unified vision of everything was moving to God. And perception didn't disappear, it was just transformed. So here we're in paragraph 32, Jesus is saying everything which the body's eyes can see is a mistake. An error in perception, a distorted fragment of the whole, without the meaning the whole would give. And yet, mistakes, regardless of their form, can be corrected. And so, the correction for our sight, which is the sight before I had that shift was, you know, there's some kind of discernment. The ego's lens is of a, dis- it's a discerning lens. It kind of seems intelligent, but beneath it in that discernment is some kind of a judgment and it's and definitely based on separation. And so here the uh, so here's this correction of vision that that's offered us by the Holy Spirit and it and it kind of comes down to here in paragraph thirty three uh, the body's eyes see only form. They cannot see beyond what they were made to see. And and yet, we are given this other vision that that's what it does, is it learns to see the shared consciousness. It, ne- it, it learns to see this mind matrix permeating everything and love flowing everywhere. Um, anyway, I, I'm done. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Micah.
5: That was Thank great. You, Thank you, Micah. You're
4: welcome. Micah. Hi, this is Jessica. Um, I, yeah this this section is very, uh, like you said, Laurie, Um, That was really wise or inspired to read those first 30 lessons. (laughs) I commend you. Um, So I just picked out two pieces of the reading that really struck me as important to remember today. One of them is, um, Nothing so blinding as perception of form or sight of form means understanding has been obscured. And <laughs> it's pretty amazing because, of course, I walk around all day perceiving form. However, um, there's a, an exercise in the course of love that I've been practicing, which is to... The way he puts it, I believe, is to remember when I encounter someone remember their spirit, which implies of course that i've been, that i that I've known their spirit that I've connected with their spirit, that their spirit is familiar to me in some way, so I've been practicing that, and of course that is not form, so it's wonderful to know that form isn't the only thing I need to um be aware of i can consciously choose so i've been doing that you know and and it's like it's like there are different flavors of ice cream you know each spirit that i remember as i look upon a 5 year old or a 40 year old or an 80 year old it's it's a different flavor and um and it's just wonderful to see them outside of or beyond their sort of, you know, age and and voice and behavior and all of that. Um, so it's a great exercise. And the other um, part of the reading that struck me was, can you be saved by making sinful the one whose holiness is your salvation? It's just another example of how how Jesus does this thing where it's like he flips the idea around. Obviously that question the answer is no. How could you possibly be saved by making sinful the one whose holiness is your salvation? It's basically you're taking the salvation out of the relationship when you see them as sinful. It just, it's a block as he mentions in other ways that you know the perception of seeing someone as sinful isn't even a sight issue. It's more of a mind perception decision. Sounds like someone's not on mute. Um and that and that choice for, you know, that lack of choice maybe, to perceive the physical and the choice to perceive the sin is, is in and of itself um, interfering with my salvation. So if we turn that sentence around, my salvation is in seeing the sinlessness of my brothers and sisters and of course he's told us that before but um but we're slow learners or we're i'm a i'm a i'm a reluct, reluct the ego is reluctant to let me learn this stuff um, but thank you guys for being my um, companions in encouraging me to keep believing that i can understand and that reason will win
0: out I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Jessica. <laughs> I love that everyone has a different flavor. That's just beautiful.
1: Thanks,
8: Jessica. This is Wendy. Um, someone suggested to me that. Christ vision allows you to see that everything, everyone, everywhere, every place, every time, it's really God. A web of divinity. The only real thing is is that being. And once you have Christ vision, you begin to see, oh, here's the beloved showing up in this child, here's the beloved showing up in this clerk, here's the beloved showing up in my partner, that you begin to recognize you never were away from God. Love was the net that you were always in, but your mind and your eyes saw separate things instead of one whole thing that was all the same expressing in multiple ways and that's helped um, although it is I forget you know I remember in the morning and I go okay when you go out look for God look for he's everywhere he's talking to you constantly but then you know I start driving and it goes right of my mind but it does show up every once in a while yesterday I was kind of extra determined and there was just sweet exchanges everywhere I went you know I felt like, ah, I I see you. You're hiding in that one, too. Like everybody's an angel, but I haven't been able to see it because I was separating everything out with my dualistic thought system. Now I see we are one whole. And if I could, I'd like to speak directly to God through all of you. Thank you so much for rescuing us all. (laughs) Thank you for being the one here for everyone.
0: So grateful. I am complete. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah. Thank
4: you, you, Wendy. Thank you so much with you.
0: Know what Mm -hmm. you mean about the driving. (laughs) Thank you.
7: Thank you, Wendy.
5: Hi, hello. Hi, Diane. Can you hear? Me? Hi. This, a thought came up with, um, I think it was Wendy's share. I can't separate myself from God or from you, except by what I think. I can't. I, I, even if I wanted to, I can't separate myself from God or from you. And it's all a choice of freedom or suffering, and when I know that I'm I'm not seeing myself in you and seeing this wrongly, then I, I do have a choice. It's I keep going back to that un, untethered soul. He really in a practical way summarized it with how how to do this process. What the book is you know, is is telling me to do and um Oh, it's just a thought. No matter how hard I wanted, or you know, uh, to not see myself that way, it's impossible because there is no separation. I'm complete, and and, and I don't want to be there. I want to be with Christ. <laughs> I just do. It's just so much um, easier to feel the peace and the love and sit and bathe in that and. I know it's true with anything I lay my eyes on, but again, it is a practice. It's a willing practice to, to be that. And Because when I am that, I am that with Christ. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Diana.
0: Thank you, Diana. I you, Diana. Heart wholeness, even if I tried, that was... That was perfect. Thank you. So we were paused for the weekend <clears throat> uh, here at the Course of Miracles conference call when Lesson 247 came up. But I wanted to just um, look back at that lesson for a minute um, because it's the light behind this lesson. In that lesson, without forgiveness, I will still be blind sin is the symbol of attack behold it anywhere and I will suffer for forgiveness is the only means the only means whereby Christ's vision comes to me let me accept what his sight shows me as the simple truth and I am healed completely brother come and let me look on you your loveliness reflects my own your sinlessness is mine you stand forgiven and I stand with you now that lesson those few sentences um, is a beautiful reflection of holy relationship holy relationship even as we share it on this call is what's behind the sentiment that if any one of us are missing we don't feel whole um. <laughs> come and let me look on you without forgiveness I will still be blind Christ's vision is the means Christ's vision comes to me through forgiveness I should say forgiveness is means Christ's vision comes to me and then today's lesson forgiveness paints a picture of a world where suffering is over loss becomes impossible and anger makes no sense attack is gone and madness has an end but suffering is now conceivable what loss can be sustained The world becomes a place of joy, abundance, charity, and endless giving, so like to heaven that it is quickly transformed into the light that it reflects. And again, forgiveness is the means by which Christ's vision comes to me. So many of us um, have been steeped in the notion that um, forgiveness involves the idea of making error real, and then, um, through some means of magic, <laughs> making it um, not real. Forgiveness doesn't make error real in the first place. It's... it's um, What happens when I sit and look and wait and judge not and then the teacher of peace can tell me what's the truth so eventually if I if I want to um, if I want to maintain an idea of wholeness wholeness of everything of which I'm a part I learn that by asking for truth i'm delivered to truth is the same as withdrawing my idea my idea of what the truth is they're the same movements um after a while i'm going to bounce a minute here but after a while uh, doing this course Or um, attempting to let this course come into my full consciousness I realized that um, that understanding and practicing this course of miracles is a matter of releasing every bad habit that I had before in other words uh, the course of miracles is not learning something new so much as unlearning all the old. Those are the same movements. That which appears to be new and transformed into heaven is what the truth always was. And I can remember that. I loved how you said that, Jessica. This spirit that I've always known. I had some um, familiarity, some intimacy with this spirit that I've always known. that's not something new that's what always was and so forgiveness is is the movement of letting my idea go and have it replaced the truth in other words I learned to welcome correction is not that just great you know reason can see the difference between so-called sin and mistakes because it correction the ego on the other hand I'm looking at paragraph 30 sees nothing that can be corrected why because the ego thinks it knows everything it doesn't it doesn't need to have anything new because it's already pretty convinced it's right about everything um, but again those, those first 30 lessons uh, show me exactly how I can learn to um, see what's true right now by releasing all the judgments that I made that were based upon past learning you know everybody makes an ego he says everybody makes an ego for himself makes an ego for somebody else and chaotically we bounce off of each other not really understanding much of anything about what the other one is, because we're seeing through the eyes, I see through the eyes of my own personal uh, ego. Forgiveness simply lets that go. As I said yesterday, ego can't do that. It's beyond its range of means, it's impossible. Um, however, it is possible for me to realize I'm not happy. <laughs> I don't like what I see. What I see is uh, causing me distress. Um, I'm experiencing suffering, loss, anger, um, chaos. That I can recognize, recognize, um, see that again, and ask for correction. That's why um, God gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is nothing more than all my knowledge save for me that I might do my will. My true will is the will of my Father, and that is to love. You know, there's a singularity when this world is transformed to heaven. There's a singularity that runs through it, a theme, a harmony. Um I love that poem of Helen's today the theme of harmony of intimacy of a knowing that we are co creators together with God extending his thoughts of love um, forgiveness is the means that brings all that to my awareness and it's nothing more than being willing to let go of everything I thought before And ask for correction it's not for me um, it's not for me to decide the truth of anything truth uh, still abides in the mind of God you know God is in everything I see because God is in my mind Um, and from there we go straight to my holiness envelops everything I see that's why this section the world is so important because um, when I understand that that the world is a screen upon which I project what I think I am then I start to realize exactly like he says in I think it's lesson 27 above all else I want to see that lesson goes like what I see reflects what I think I am that being the case I realize vision is my great need because the world I see attests to a fearful self-image the self-image that I have made if I want to remember who I am it's essential that I let this self-image go and ask for truth that's why the atonement is such a perfect defense it says so simply that nothing nothing has left the mind of God. He has not left his thoughts and I am one with them and with him. If God has not left his thoughts and I am one with them and one with him, then it's real easy for me to say, I'm having an errant thought here. If I'm experiencing something less than perfect peace and understanding I'm having an errant thought that's why he talked about responsibility for sight in the last chapter I'm having an errant thought and I don't need to find that truth myself all I need to do is recognize I'm thinking something that I'm not thinking with God and it's causing me to suffer in in all those those years before I came back um, to relationship, as we experience it here, um, I felt like I've lost myself, my capital S self, and that whole um, error was um, because I was trying to pluck something out of my heart that God put there when He created me. You know, God created us as part of Him, one with Him, and one with everything in a relationship of love. And when I believed that I could lose that, I created the experience of having lost it. <laughs> and then I prayed, restore unto me the joy of my salvation, not realizing that I did that with my thoughts. I tried to uh, pluck from me something that was always true. I can't lose love. No matter what form it exists in, it's impossible that it ever be lost to me. And finally, I understood that suffering is something I do when I try to take apart the wholeness in which God created all of this. and that's responsibility for sight and my responsibility for sight doesn't say well for heaven's sakes you should have known better it doesn't say well for shame on you for seeing it that way it says just like in paragraph 30 I see I'm not happy and I want correction and given that desire Given that desire for correction it will be given me forgiveness is the means Christ's vision comes to me that's how he can say you see what you believe is there and you believe it's there because you want it there and so finally this reading ends with the holy relationship newly born must value holiness above all else holiness being that state of truth in which he has not left his thoughts and I who am one with them am one with him you're a thought of God I'm a thought of God everything in creation is a thought of God you know ego doesn't ask what anything is ego walks up to a tree and says you're a tree One year, when I was practicing those first 20 lessons, it occurred to me, why don't I ask what this tree is? I don't mean ask of some nebulous being. I mean, ask this tree, what are you? What are you? Ego would never do that. But it occurred to me, practicing that lesson, why don't I ask that tree what it is? And that tree said, I'm the joy of God being. And if a tree is the joy of God being, then everything in creation is the joy of God being. And if I'm not experiencing that, it's because I've tried to pluck some aspect out of wholeness from my very heart, where my capital S self is. And I'll experience that as a horrible loss and suffer because of it. Forgiveness looks and judges not and then the one who guides all perception my teacher the one imbued with all my knowledge saved for me will tell me what it is and my wholeness will be restored to me and my wholeness is the holiness of all creation that's the nature of this Beautiful, beautiful life. So anyway, uh, I think I'm complete.
5: That was really wonderful. Thank you, Lori. Mm.
4: Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much.
0: That was great, Lori. Thank you so much.
7: Yes, it really was, Lori. Thank you, honey. Thank you so much.
0: I'm so grateful
5: for you all. And, Laura, would you mind rereading Helen's poem you uh, read earlier?
0: Oh, I will happily do that. Maybe for the closing? Uh, Because there's several here we haven't heard from yet today. So... Sure, I'd be happy to share that again.
3: Well, thanks, Laurie. <clears throat> and everyone who shared a little bit of a magical mystery tour here today. Is I'm I'm taken back to uh, something I've I i uh, have not been able to get out of my mind since I was shown it. Uh, It really is obvious. I think once you see it, that, um, you know, so much of science is framed in some kind of logical positivism. The thing is that we have to see it to believe it or to measure it. And then we have to have these kinds of, this vision of the body's eyes. To, in order to have faith that that something's there, and so <clears throat> it both it, it's interesting that in that assumption, then the search for things like a unified field theory is it becomes the way it's become a search for what cannot be seen right this um, you know for example the the whole thing of fields is a very powerful concept used to used to do many many things with with this idea of field but <laughs> um, what fields replaced in in the basis of science was the idea of an ether which was everywhere and in everything and, and instead now there are fields there you know they, they explain it with fields but what then would the field be except a unified response that's the same everywhere. And um, it's, it's kind of funny by the way it works to try to avoid any sort of reference to things unseen. It has turned around back into this, into to relying on things that are unseen directly but <clears throat> can only be seen indirectly. And I think, you know, the main reason that they're not seen directly is that they decided they can't see that at the beginning. <laughs> they have to measure it with a ruler, you know, and see some physical effect. or detect it if it's beyond the range the eyes can see, but it is still an effect of physical light, what, what we might call light, the body's eyes see. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, part of what drew me into this is the way, well, the way today's lessons refers to light. That, uh, you know, in complete forgiveness, the world becomes a place of joy, abundance, charity, and endless giving. It is now so like to heaven that it quickly is transformed into the light that it reflects. And, uh, I think that's what I've been describing Of what science has done has gone in far enough to, to start to see what it refused to see and and uh, but in this case in this space of consciousness you know the journey which the Son of God began has ended in the light from which he came and uh I, for the, to explain this light, I think is, I always refer to Lesson 108, where it describes this light as a state of mind which has become so unified that darkness cannot be perceived at all. Thus, what is the same is seen as one while what is not the same remains unnoticed for it is not there. And I think the relation points back to the reading and the holy relationship is that the holy relationship is is made available. It is a space where what is the same is seen as the same. And what occurs is what is recommended in 108 is is, uh, we actually hold out to everyone what we want to have to be our own. So the lines there are... To everyone, I offer quietness. To everyone, I offer peace of mind. To everyone, I offer gentleness. And uh, this refers. This is also tied to say to the rules for decision, where <laughs> the touch point to return to is. Decide again what kind of day you want to have. Right, is a day of peace, and is the 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 means offered, you know, beyond forgiveness, is to want peace. You know, give peace to happen, and. Now, that practice is the development of faith and confidence in the capital T truth that's seen in the capital L light that lets everything be as it is, as one. And I'm complete.
0: Oh, that was just... Wonderful, Lenore. Thank you so much. Really great. Thank you. while you were talking I I um, I went to a little meme that I copied into my gallery of memes (laughs) a while ago And, and it goes faith and fear both demand you believe in something you cannot see you choose faith and fear both demand you believe in something you cannot see you choose and once that choice is made, uh, that's that's the beauty of it. Um, it. It says in paragraph 29, two conflicting ideas cannot coexist in your awareness at the same time. We're protected from that. Uh, the nature of creation is such that when I embrace the truth, what isn't true falls away uh, because they can't. Two conflicting ideas cannot exist in my mind at the same time and that's protective so in that sense once I once I see the capital light that is behind the world remember that lesson I will let the door behind the world be opened so that I can see once I see that light uh, that light of understanding I can never not see again uh, and that's our protection the source of our invulnerability um, and the capitalist health we share so that was a great Cheryl Wayne thank you and because you asked uh, Diana maybe I'll close this call with the same poem that I opened and though we end this recording uh, we don't don't end the call so please feel free to stay on the line there are those uh, that we haven't heard from yet this morning the poem is in the second part um, of Helen's book the gifts of God the later poems that section is called and this poem is called transformation it happens suddenly There is a capital voice that speaks one capital word, and everything is changed. You understand an ancient parable that seemed to be obscure, and yet it meant exactly what it said. The trivial enlarge in magnitude, while what seemed large, resumes the littleness that is its due. The dim grow bright, and what was bright before flickers and fades and finally is gone. All things assume the role that was assigned before time was, in ancient harmony that sings of heaven, in compelling tones which wipe away the doubting and the care all other roles convey. For certainty must be of God. It happens suddenly and all things change. The rhythm of the world shifts into concert. What was harsh before and seemed to speak of death now sings of life and joins the chorus to eternity. Eyes that were blind begin to see and ears long deaf to melody begin to hear. Into the sudden stillness is reborn the ancient singing of creation song, long silenced but remembered. By the tomb the angel stands in shining hopefulness to give salvation's message. Be free and stay not here. Go on to Galilee. Freedom and heaven. Amen. Thank you all. It's another beautiful call. And I sure appreciate everyone who comes and joins. Thank,
6: Thank you for all. that. Thank